0: Good morning, Grace Church. My name is Johnny. I'm the pastor of the Village Church in Emerson's Green and it's great to be with you this morning, albeit in this slightly strange way. Before we read the Bible together, let me just say I'm really grateful to God for you guys for Grace Church. I'm actually recording this from the Grace Church office and I'm really grateful to Nathan, Matt and Pete for welcoming me in here, for giving me some space so that I can get some work done. It's a great space and I'm very grateful to God for your generosity. I'm also grateful to God for our partnership in the gospel and my hope is or my prayer is that our partnership in the coming months and years will grow and in time we will see real fruit from our partnership. And so it's great to be with you this morning, albeit in this slightly strange way. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to Psalm 125? I'm going to read Psalm 125. I'm going to read it from the NIV translation of the Bible. I'm going to read that and then I'll pray. So here we go. Psalm 125, a song of ascents those who trust in the lord are like mount zion which cannot be shaken but endures forever as the mountains surround jerusalem so the lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore the sceptre of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil lord do good to those who are good to those who are upright in heart, but those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're not socially distancing from us. Thank you that every time we open the Bible, you speak to us. And so we pray that you would help us to listen to your voice this morning. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Apparently, an award-winning director, before production was closed down in North America, completed a short film. It's a short film about a group of neighbours trapped in a lift. And they're trapped in a lift with a Chinese woman. They're trapped in a lift with a Chinese woman who starts to cough. The film is called Coronavirus. Coronavirus the movie, described by the director as a thriller. Now, I've got no idea who would want to watch this short movie, but the tagline for Coronavirus the movie is this. Fear is a virus. Fear is a virus. And it's an interesting tagline. You see, the film is based on the lives we're living. And just as the coronavirus has spread, so has fear. Fear has spread. It's spread to Britain and it's spread to Bristol. And it may have spread to you too. It may be that you're feeling fearful even this morning. People have always been fearful. Before the coronavirus, people were fearful. But the coronavirus has fueled our fears. We're not just apprehensive at the moment, we're afraid. We're afraid for ourselves or for our family and friends. We're afraid about health. We're afraid about education or exams. We're afraid about finances or we're afraid about the future. Fear is a virus. It's spreading and we need an antidote. And this morning, Psalm 125 is an antidote. Here's an antidote for our anxiety. If you're afraid, Psalm 125 is an antidote for you. And there are two truths for us here, two sweet truths for us to swallow this morning. And here's the first one from verses 1 and 2. There's protection for God's people. There is protection for God's people. Psalm 125 is what's called a song of ascent, and you can see that at the top of the psalm. Psalm 125 is the title and the heading underneath says a song of ascent. There are 15 songs of ascent from Psalm 120 through to Psalm 134 and pilgrims would sing these songs as they travelled up to Jerusalem. They'd travel up to Jerusalem to the place of God's presence, to the place of the temple where God himself lived. And they'd sing these songs along the way. They'd travel up to Jerusalem for one of the great festivals like the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. But as they travelled, they faced danger. They faced difficulty. They were anxious and afraid. And so they'd sing these songs. These songs helped them to fight their fears. Pilgrims would sing these songs as they travelled up to Jerusalem and so in these songs there's a focus on Jerusalem or Zion the city of God which is another name for Jerusalem and you can see that in verses 1 and 2. Have another look. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. The psalmist says Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. Jerusalem is encircled, enclosed. And these mountains protect the city like a defensive wall. If you were in Jerusalem, you were safe and secure. This wall of mountains protects you. But this wall of mountains is a picture and it's a picture of the Lord protecting his people. The Lord surrounds his people. He encloses them. He encircles them like a defensive wall. If you're in him, you're safe and secure. The Lord himself protects you. And one of the repeated refrains in the Songs of Ascent in Psalm 120 through to Psalm 134 is that the Lord is the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, for travelling pilgrims, it's the God of the cosmos who surrounds them, the God who made the sky and the sun and the stars, the God who made the seas and who holds them in the hollow of his hands. It's the infinite, eternal God who protects pilgrims. When ancient pilgrims were travelling, they fought their fears by singing these words. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. And when modern pilgrims feel anxious or afraid, we sing these words too. We sing them to ourselves and to others. And if you're a Christian, you might not think of yourself as a pilgrim. And you're not a pilgrim in the same way that they were in the Old Testament. The place of God's presence, the place of the temple where God himself lives, is no longer Jerusalem. Even if we could travel to Jerusalem, we wouldn't find God there. Or at least God is no more there than he is here. Today, according to the New Testament, God isn't present in a place like Jerusalem. God is present in a person. Today, the true temple isn't a place. The true temple is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, referring to himself, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And if you're a Christian, you're a pilgrim travelling to where Jesus is, to the new Jerusalem, to the new Zion, to the city of God in a new creation. But at the moment as we travel, we face difficulty and danger, like the coronavirus and its consequences. And fear has spread. And if fear has spread to you, here's a sweet truth to swallow. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds you. Over the last few months, we've heard a lot about personal protective equipment, PPE. We've heard about doctors and nurses who don't have PPE. And if you're a Christian, you don't have PPE. But you do have EPP. You don't have personal protective equipment, but you do have eternal personal protection. Have another look at verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. The God of the cosmos has and is and will protect you. And he may or may not protect you from disease, but he will protect you through death. You have eternal personal protection. He surrounds you now and forevermore. Or do you remember when Boris Johnson thanked the NHS for saving his life? He said a special thank you to two nurses, for the two nurses who stood by his bedside for 48 hours. Boris Johnson said that for every second of every minute of every hour, they were watching over him and they were caring for him. Well, if you're a Christian, the maker of heaven and earth watches over you. And not just for 40 hours, but now and forevermore, every day and every night of every week, of every month, of every year. The maker of heaven and earth is watching over you. The maker of heaven and earth is caring for you. And he'll do that if you're in hospital, he'll do that if you're at home, wherever we are, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for the rest of our lives and for eternity. The Lord watches over us and the Lord is surrounding us. Do you remember Boris Johnson said that the NHS is unconquerable and powered by love? And that may or may not be true. But the maker of heaven and earth really is unconquerable. The maker of heaven and earth really is powered by love. You see, the Lord surrounds his people because he loves his people. So if you're a Christian, if you're anxious or afraid, swallow Psalm 125 verse 2. This is a promise for God's people, for us. Or if your family and friends trust the Lord, this is a promise for them too. It could be that you've got family and friends who are sick or who are struggling and you feel helpless at the moment. You can't stand by them. You can't really see them yet, apart from on some sort of screen. But if they trust the Lord, he stands by them, he sees them and he surrounds them both now and forevermore. Or maybe you're hearing this and you're not a Christian and to be honest it sounds exclusive those who trust in the Lord are protected Christians have eternal personal protection but what about everybody else it sounds like there's a supply shortage here well this protection is exclusive it is for those who trust in the Lord for Christians But if you're not a Christian, it's not because God has excluded you. If you're not a Christian, it's because you've excluded yourself. God invites everyone to transfer their trust to Christ. And when people reject that invitation, they're excluding themselves. God is inclusive. He invites everyone, men and women, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, religious and irreligious, moral and immoral, whoever we are, whatever we've done, he invites us to transfer our trust to Jesus. And if you do that, you'll be included. You'll be protected. If you trust in Jesus, the temple who was destroyed, but the temple who three days later was raised, resurrected, if you trust in him, he promises that he'll protect you. He'll protect you through life and he'll protect you through death. He'll protect you both now and forevermore. That's the first truth for us to swallow this morning. There's protection for God's people. Secondly, in verses 3 to 5, there's peace for God's people. There's peace for God's people. I had an email not too long ago from a member of the village church. They said that they'd recently woken up at 2am in the morning and they'd woken up with an uncontrollable feeling of anxiety. But they got up, made a cup of tea, read a psalm, prayed and went back to bed with a sense of the Lord's peace. There's peace for God's people, and that peace is very real. In verse 3, the psalmist here refers to the righteous and the wicked, and it's important to know what those two terms mean. The righteous aren't perfectly good people, far from it. There are no perfectly good people. That's not what righteous means here. The righteous are those who trust in the Lord. This righteousness isn't their own. This righteousness has been given to them. It's a gift. The righteous are those who trust in the Lord, and the direction of their lives is now Godward. They look to Him and they do what He says. And the wicked here aren't purely bad people. That's not what wicked means. The wicked are those who don't trust in the Lord and the direction of their lives isn't Godward. They don't look to him and they don't do what he says. You see, in the Psalms, the righteous and the wicked are two categories. It's not a continuum from righteous to wickedness and you can't be somewhere in the middle. You can't be a mix of both. Either you're one or you're the other. Either you trust in the Lord, making you righteous, or you don't. The psalmist here also refers to the land allotted to the righteous. And in the Old Testament, the land is a reference to the promised land. In the book of Exodus, you'll remember God saves his people and he leads them out of the land of Egypt. Egypt. And in the book of Joshua, God settles his people and he leads them into the land of Israel. That's the promised land, the land allotted to the righteous. And the promised land was supposed to be a land of plenty, a land of prosperity, a land of peace. But it wasn't, not in the end. The leaders of Israel didn't trust the Lord. And the leaders did what leaders do. They lead and they led the people of God astray again and again and again. They led the people of God away from the Lord and a sector of wickedness rested on the land. Leaders do what leaders do. They lead. And so we want to keep praying for the leaders of our country. Let's pray that they would trust in the Lord and that they'd lead us with compassion and wisdom and humility. Let's keep praying for the leaders of our country, but let's keep praising God for the leader of our churches. The leader of our churches is Jesus Christ. And because of his loving leadership in the present, his people have peace. For those of us who trust in Christ, we have peace with God. We've been forgiven. For those of us who trust in Christ, we have peace with each other. And yes, there's still conflict. Of course there is. But because of Jesus, we can be forgiven and we can forgive. And for those of us who trust in Christ, we have peace with ourselves. And yes, there's still conflict. We haven't been set free from the presence of sin, but we have been set free from the penalty of sin. There's no more guilt. Our sin has been paid for in full. In the present, we have peace. And in the future, we'll have perfect peace. In the Old Testament, the land allotted to the righteous was an earthly place. But in the New Testament, the land allotted to the righteous is a heavenly place. The old city of Jerusalem points to the new city of Jerusalem. And in the book of Revelation in chapter 21, the new city of Jerusalem is described And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you'll have heard these verses before often, probably. But we need to hear these verses again and again and again. John, the man who sees this vision, says in Revelation 21, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. In the future, God's people will have perfect peace the coronavirus will be gone the consequences of the coronavirus will be gone there'll be no more social distancing there'll be no self-isolating there'll be no temperatures or coughs or ventilators or intensive care units there'll be no nhs can you imagine a place where hospitals aren't just empty but a place where hospitals don't even exist And there may or may not be smartphones in the new creation, but you'll never need to dial 111 or 999. There'll be no disease. There'll be no debt. The eternal economy will never crash and there'll be no death. It's impossible to imagine, isn't it? But this is real. John sees that it's real and Jesus says that it's real. If you're a Christian, this is where you're going. This is where I'm going. This is where we're going. This is reality. When ancient pilgrims were travelling, they fought their fears by singing about the future, by singing about life in a land of peace. And when modern pilgrims feel anxious and afraid, we sing about that too. We sing to ourselves and to others, singing that one day we'll live in a land of perfect peace. Maybe singing is something we should do a bit more of. In the morning, rather than turning on our TV, rather than tuning into the headlines, we should tune our hearts. Sit down, play a song, shut our eyes, listen to the lyrics, sing along. It doesn't matter if you're out of tune, I'm never in tune. Sing on your own, sing with your spouse, sing with your family. Because somehow singing shapes our feelings. And at this time when we're feeling anxious and afraid, when we need an antidote, we need to find our voices. There are two sweet truths in Psalm 125 for us to swallow there's protection for God's people, and there's peace. For God's people. But there's also a sharp truth here. Have a look at verse 5. Those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Psalm 125 says that there'll be peace for some, but there'll be punishment for others. And this is a warning to all of us. If you're not a Christian, this is a warning for you. If you continue in the direction you're going, if you don't transfer your trust to the Lord, you'll be excluded. Today there's an invitation. You can transfer your trust to the Lord today. You can have peace, peace in the present and perfect peace in the future. But one day that invitation will expire. And if you haven't transferred your trust to the Lord before then, you'll be excluded for eternity. Banned banished from the place of peace if you're not a Christian this is a warning for you but if you're a Christian this is also a warning for you if we don't continue in the direction we're going if we stop trusting the Lord that's serious COVID-19 is serious and if we're sick our sickness can take us to hospital But sin is serious, much, much more serious than sickness. And when we sin, if we don't turn and trust in the Lord, if we sin and sin and sin, but we don't turn again and trust in the Lord, we've stopped following the way of the righteous. And we've started following the way of the wicked. Sickness can take us to hospital but sin can take us to hell. And so if you're a Christian, this is a warning for you, to take sin seriously and to keep trusting the Lord. Our country is doing all it can to fight sickness, to fight COVID-19 and we should play our part in that. But our churches should do all we can to fight sin and we should play our part in that too. Maybe that you've conceded to sin recently and you haven't confessed sin to the Lord. Today is the day to do that, to transfer your trust to him again. If you're one of his people, he surrounds you and he surrounds you because he loves you. And if you turn and trust in him this morning, he'll forgive you. Of course he will. Or to help us, there are two prayers in Psalm 125 that we could pray. The first prayer is in verse four. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. You could pray that prayer for yourself or you could pray that prayer for your church, that you'd know the goodness of God, especially in your fight against sin. The second prayer is in verse five, right at the end. Peace be on Israel. When ancient pilgrims prayed that prayer, they were praying for their country. But when modern pilgrims prayed this prayer, we're praying for our church. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul calls the church the Israel of God. And he prays peace to the Israel of God. And we can pray this prayer too for ourselves and for others. Let's pray for peace and let's pray for perfect peace. Let's pray that the raised, resurrected Christ would return so that there'll be no more sickness and so that there'll be no more sin. One day the promise of Psalm 125 will be fulfilled and let's pray for that day. For the day when the sceptre of wickedness will not rest on the land, but there'll be perfect peace forevermore. For the day when Jesus will make everything new. Let's pray. Why don't we take just a few moments of quiet and then I'll lead us in a short prayer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your protection. And Father, thank you for your peace. And we pray the prayers of Psalm 125, that you would do good to us, especially at this time, and that your peace would be on us, especially at this time. Please give us a peace that surpasses understanding, that would be an antidote to our anxiety. And we do pray for the day of perfect peace. For the day when Jesus will return, we do pray, come Lord Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.